0: My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 197. Back by popular demand is The Heart Guy. This week, we're diving in on the power of forgiveness when it comes to dating and relationships. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've brought on Kevin Crenshaw, also known as The Heart Guy. He's actually, welcome back, Kevin. This is your second time.
1: Yeah, it's been, how long ago was the first time? It was a while. Oh,
0: yeah, it's been a while, but I, I love talking love and relationships, and you're the go-to guy. So I'm, I'm <laughs> thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, good, it's always fun.
0: And it has been a while. So what have you been up to?
1: Yeah, uh, man, I was on a tour uh, across all U.S. and Canada doing live events and helping people um, basically find why they're not getting a love that they want in their life, or in their love life. And um, I'm in the process of writing some books and creating a dating app and uh, my online stuff's blowing up and helping people there. So it's been fun.
0: And for those that didn't listen to you before, give a little background. Where do you live and, uh, and how you got into this?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm in Santa Monica, California, but um, I got started about seven years ago. Um, my ex-fiance cheated on me and dumped me, and I held a loaded pistol in my mouth and almost took my life. And then the two relationships after her cheated on me, and I was like, whoa, 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 well, maybe it's me. <laughs> and it started. I just became obsessed with love and relationships and why that Happened and why it was so painful for me because it was it really was like a prison that I was putting myself in and I couldn't understand why I was giving so much love but nothing was coming back mm. so to speak right and you treated me like this and I I'm just showing up for you and I, what I found was I was giving them everything that I thought that they needed not what they actually needed um and was able to break some patterns in my own life of codependency and um, a few other things and really find self love and as I started to change and shift, you know, I was in the fitness industry, so all my coworkers saw it and noticed my really close friends, and I was able to help a friend save his marriage, and that's when I was like, whoa, I'm good at this. (laughs) And uh, just from the books I was reading and the work that I'd done on myself, and it took me two years after that to officially say that that I'm doing this, uh, that I'm a love coach as a career, Um, and that was about a year and a half ago, and it's just catapulted ever since.
0: You said many key takeaways, but number one, you took a hundred percent responsibility and stopped playing victim and that you realized, okay, I'm the common denominator. What do I need to change?
1: Yeah, I noticed, you know, the girls weren't the cheating type. They had never cheated before. And um, it was like, how did that happen to where uh, those type of situations kept following me around? And I was like, well, how am I showing up to cause this? and was able to do the work within myself. And then I really realized I wasn't giving them what they needed. And that's when I started learning more about love and relationships and human psychology. And that led me down the rabbit hole, um, within myself to really work on becoming the one, not just finding the one.
0: So question for you, cause we'll be, I got to write that down. Um, you say you weren't giving them what they needed. So are we talking, I, I don't, I'm not immersed in this like you are, but I read, for example, The Five Love Languages and I learned so much in that book because maybe I was, is that what you're talking about? I was giving them what I, I, maybe, I wasn't speaking yeah. their language.
1: It's the Five Love Languages is the delivery of the need. Does that make sense? So it's not, it's, um, women want to feel seen, understood, valued. Um, and I wasn't really showing that and pursued, right? And I was kind of, uh, like most guys do, where it's just like, okay, cool, like, you're my fiancé now, so game over, I won, like, I don't have to keep trying. It's subconsciously, I don't know why that happens in men, uh, but that's the psychology that, that's there. Um, it's like, cool, okay, this, It's instead of a beginning, it's an end. Um, and that kind of happened for me the first time, and then I also recognized that um, I was massively codependent. So I really wasn't even showing up for myself. And I was trying to show up and be the hero and fix things. Um, And ironically, looking back at it, I was dating my now clients, right? Like people that I help now. Um, I was trying to throw myself and save the day. And really was just neglecting myself in the process.
0: What was codependency for you?
1: For me, that was... um, massive abandoned self-abandonment mm-hmm. I just wasn't present for me I, I was looking for validation in everybody else but myself so and a
0: question for you are were you seeking to be fulfilled out is that what you're saying you were seeking fulfillment outside of you from people to validate you rather than internal validation correct okay.
1: that was that it was that also it was um my happiness relied so heavily on the happiness of my partner Mm -hmm. at the time. Right. And it was like, um, it just consumed me. And I thought it was love, but it was just excessive neediness really. And I think that that's for a lot of society today. Um, we call it love, but at the, like what's portrayed to us in Hollywood and a few other things is really just excessive neediness. And, um, it, at the end of the day, isn't love. It's just looking, fill this void in me so that I can feel somewhat better about myself. Or we use love and relationships to get happiness instead of having happiness be the prerequisite to the relationship. Right. And so it, and, and then also in the dating world, too, um, right now, it's most people are coming at it guarded. You know, we got our hearts guarded and we're just like, what can you do for me? Are you going to hurt me? Like, prove yourself. And, you know, but we can't really blame anybody because that's just with movies it's supposed to kind of been portrayed of uh, proving ourselves and then you'll feel worthy of love and that's not necessarily how it works with love love is something you allow not achieve yeah
0: and that we're all deserving but what you touched on there is especially movies and i'm a rom-com girl i love them but it's like we're we're seeking someone to complete us and i yeah. believe we're already 100 complete and whole I think of relationships as like a Sunday, and so we're the ice cream Sunday, and I believe the partner is like the sprinkles or the cherry on top. (laughs) It's a lovely addition, but you're already whole,
1: right? And I think most, just from what I found, um, you know, we can think that like consciously, but when you look at the patterns that have happened in your love life, you can see what your subconscious is telling you. You know, you can say, "Oh yeah, I'm worth it. Like I'm such a badass." Well, what's happening in your love life because that's going to show me as a love coach what your subconscious is saying
0: So then how would you guide somebody are there steps or what is the process to be self-aware and self-reflect and go? Oh, wait a minute It is these subconscious limited beliefs or whatever. How do how, where do I even begin?
1: Well, first it's what do you want? Most people come to me and they're like I ask them. So what do you want for yourself right now? And they don't even even know. They know what they don't want, Mm. but they don't really know what they want. And you can't just run away from what you don't want and expect to land where you do, Mm. right? Um, And so it's getting clear on, yeah, sure, running away from what you don't want, but then also running towards what you do want. And so when you get clear on what you want with a partner, and I'm talking values and morals and ethics, not just like their hair or (laughs) or what they look like, how tall they are, whatever. Uh, The deep stuff, right? And then also get clear on the relationship. How does it feel to be around this person? You know, what, what do you guys do together? What do you talk about? How do they talk about you when you're not around? Mm-hmm. Right? Like all, this, all these types of things matter. And then, you know, the relationship isn't found. It's co-created. So you have the second half of that. Now, how do I have to show up in order to co-create a relationship like this and have that person that I wrote about find me attractive? How do I have to show up in the world? And most of the time, it's a massive up level. And then that's then the work that I do with my clients. After we kind of get that um, awareness on the gap of why you're not getting the love you want in your life, then we go to work on you and becoming that person that you wrote about for yourself. And a lot of that does start with forgiveness. because. You know, we were born completely unconditionally loving beings, and we learned conditions on love and relationships and men and women and what it means to be myself and my self-worth based on our experiences or what was shown to us. So that was either our parents, that was anybody that pulled at our heartstrings, that was movies, or our experiences. And so because of these things that it kind of shaped these rules, whether it's true or false, it shaped these rules and conditionings on our psyche that we then still play out now. 10, 20, 30 years later. Yeah. And so you go, it really is going back to what you thought was just way back in the past or stuff that you're clinging onto and holding on to and learning to forgive so that you can set yourself free and choose a new conditioning for yourself. Cause we're always under conditioning. Yeah. But are you, gonna, are you going to choose it or are you going to still run something from when you were five?
0: And this might you know, be new to, new to some people. I'm curious. Do you follow or are you aware of um, Dr. Nicole LaPera? She's a holistic psychologist mm-hmm. on Instagram. Holistic psychologist, yeah. I love her. And she talks so much about reparenting and talk about codependency and all the other issues in relationships. It does go back. You've got to do the work.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's, and it's funny, like, you know, inner child work and co-parenting is part of it. But it also is, you know, forgiving your exes. And... Um, doing the deep work within yourself to, because there's, yeah, you have your inner child, but you also have uh, your warrior in your stage and your royalty, right? Like you have all of these different sides of yourself and that's emotional intelligence. And yeah. so as you raise your emotional intelligence, then you also raise your capacity to hold the container of a relationship. And, you know, I posted about it the other day on Instagram, how some people can't really handle a, a healthy relationship because they're too addicted to drama.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We start things because it makes us feel, and we think we have to have that butting heads because subconsciously you link that to love or that that in extreme cases, people that are in narcissistic or abusive relationships and can't get out of it. Your psyche, your subconscious is linking that abuse to attention and love. There's nothing, so don't shame yourself, there's nothing wrong. Think about it like a computer the computer's just saying it's, it's false, but there's the computer saying, I get abused, I get hit, they love me. Okay, well, how? what caused that forgiveness? And then you can release yourself of it instead of just trying to will yourself to leave because leaving to you means you're going to die to your psyche in that scenario. It means that if I leave, I'm not going to have love anymore. And if I'm not going have love anymore, I'm going to die, which is the primal part of your brain from when we were a you know, tribal culture, like thousands and thousands of years ago. Because we, we survived as a species because we start together. So you were excluded or rejected from the tribe, you were most likely going to die if you were on your own. And that's still in the part of our brain.
0: Okay. So I want to ask you something else you brought up uh, in order to attract the one it's becoming who you need to be. So can we break that down? Like what does that even, I need to become somebody else. what?
1: Yeah. So it's not, an, <laughs> I got to ask, I was on a podcast. I said that and Sarah so was like, well, I don't want to, somebody should love you for who you are. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you want to grow? Um, so, yeah, sure, it's, it's who you are in the moment, but it's the path that you're going on. Are you growing or are you just staying stagnant, right? And I think that that's why a lot of what we're seeing right now is people that are married for X number of years and one person starts growing, the other doesn't, they grow apart, they get a divorce. It's because they chose each other when they were both kind of stagnant, meaning not really working on themselves and growing personally. Does that make sense? So it's, yeah, sure, have somewhat of an aim. See as far as you can go to, um, you know, my integrity, my values, my daily routines, um, and who, how I carry myself as a person, how I interact with the world, my thoughts, my emotions, uh, my emotional intelligence, all, and what I want for the future. Am I going after it? All of those type of a things will help you with becoming the one instead of just, like, searching for, oh, this feels feels right. Like, it's really coming at it from a higher state of perspective uh, than just the physical, if that makes sense.
0: So something else that is coming to my mind right now, thinking about this, is I believe also to become the one is really more or less to step into your authentic self. And to step into your authentic Mm -hmm. self means letting go of the conditioning and your limiting beliefs and playing small and people-pleasing. 100%. so letting go of all that shit to be who you are. So it's not, I don't, I understand what you're saying. It's not always about becoming, it's like letting feeling go. back all the yeah. layers that you're not.
1: Right. And how you do that, by the way, I can hear people going, okay, cool. Well, I'm working on that. Like I'm doing good. Like you can't will it away. You can't be so validation seeking and just try to use your willpower to change that. It's through healing, which is, again, starts with forgiveness. That's not all of it, but it, start, it definitely starts with forgiveness. And that'll kind of, like, unravel things and kind of get this, the momentum going for you. Um, and forgiveness, I want to talk on that real fast because I think a lot of people um, are like, I don't want to forgive. It doesn't make it right. Like, they deserve whatever. Um, and holding a resentment and holding a grudge is kind of like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Um it, you have to know that forgiveness does not make it okay or right. Forgiveness just set you, sets you free from whatever you're entrapping. It's um, the grudge that you're holding or the belief that you're holding yourself onto. And it's like we want to just release the conditioning without forgiving because they deserve. Or, you know, if I'd, if I'd stop being angry, then that was for nothing. And I want to make sure it's right. Like this needs to be right and in extreme cases of forgiveness that's where uh love is found love that that is if you want to choose love over and over again you have to love always and in all ways that even means to the people that you think don't deserve it and that's forgiveness love is a forgiveness game i was talking on the phone earlier today with somebody who was having marriage problems and um you know, they got, they were together and then they kind of like separated and then she had a kid with somebody else. And then now they're kind of back together and they're trying to make it work. I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't look to the past and be like, uh, Oh, it was like this. So let's try to make it like that again. Uh, you have to look at what it is now. And there has to be massive levels of forgiveness if you do want it to work moving forward. Right. And so it's not just forgiving the other person, but it's also forgiving yourself about what you're beating yourself up about or what you did or didn't do, or should have done or whatever. Um, and that's why love quite literally is the answer, but love through forgiveness so that you can release the conditioning. So what you mentioned about like, okay, like, um, I'm not my authentic self, um, people pleasing or I'm procrastinating. I'm doing all these things. Most of us use the, we try to beat ourselves up into being a loving person. Like our inner critic is so loud. We're just like, well, fuck, look, you guys that up. Dang it. You need to do this like you keep messing up your piece of shit you can't do anything all right and we, it's good intended now i want you to know that your inner critic wants to protect you and wants you to do right but a lot of times that voice just is keeping you suppressed and held holding you down so when you know that that voice is what's the best for you you can love it away instead of trying to fight it which is oh thanks for trying to protect me but you know what like I'm going to accept where I'm at right now and choose to release that and move forward. And it's in that unravelment of being present in the now and not comparing to your past that we actually become our authentic self. It's when you're fully present.
0: So on this whole forgiveness topic, topic how do you even start? What do you do?
1: Mm-hmm. Number, well, first you got to identify, um, if, if there's one person that, cause I mean, forgiveness is not a one-time thing. First off, I want to say that. Um, and it, most of the time we yeah, had multiple people we got to forgive, including ourselves. Um, I start with my clients on self-forgiveness because that's the hardest, because once you forgive yourself, then you'll very easily be able to forgive other people because you'll know how it feels to be forgiven. So, um, and one thing that I do with my clients is it's called mirror work. That's why there's a mirror back there because I talk to myself in the mirror all the fucking time. And I said this multiple times on Instagram too. Like lock yourself in a room for 30 minutes where nobody else is home. So like there's not any like what are they thinking of me type of thing. And I want you to verbally out loud to yourself get three things you're going to call yourself out on everything that's in your life. That's not okay. Or that you're settled. So just go on a rant. This needs to stop. This is, this needs to stop. You, you're not working out. You're not holding your word. You're, you got to keep that up. Like get that over with whatever it is and go on a rant with what is not in alignment in your life. Then you're going to repeat to yourself. I'm proud of you for, I'm proud of you for showing up. I'm proud of you for even doing this. I'm proud of you for, your heart and how you don't give up on yourself and how you're so resilient. The truth is, this is number three. The truth is you are so incredible. The truth is you have the purest intentions and you go on a rant with that. So you then, number one, you're aligning, um, you're seeing the gap where you're not showing up as your authentic self, right? Then you're filling yourself up with love, with being proud of yourself. Cause we will, well, a lot of confidence is just self pride in a healthy dose, right? And so a lot of us with big hearts just don't tend to do that because we don't want to become like the people who are egotistical, but you have a pure heart, so you're not going to ever get yourself there. So it's filling yourself up with pride and then speaking the truth is over and over and over again to yourself in that. Usually, if if that doesn't do it, you can also journal, but I think that, um, you know, you can journal a forgiveness letter to yourself and, and these type of things. But the reason why I have people do mirror work and why that's so impactful, and it's extremely uncomfortable by the way, but it's so Mm -hmm. impactful because you're embodying it. You're not thinking about it. Current psychology is in journaling, especially is the mind trying to trick the mind into being something different. The reason that your mind is the way it is with the conditionings that it has is because of an experience with the motion. So you have to use emotion, not thought, in order to free yourself you have to feel it to heal it so that means using your voice if you have a problem speaking up well guess what here's your this is what you need to do right and um mirror work is extremely powerful just because you get to own your voice you get to call yourself out and you um face it quite literally and the eyes are the windows to the soul so i want you to stare yourself in the eyes while you're doing this a lot of times we think about that with other people but when you're actually looking into you you see everything I and mean, you, you can cut through and pierce through to the truth and that's when you'll set yourself free it's it, that's the, the forgiveness part you can repeat you know i'm sorry for i forgive you for if that helps but i know that the, i'm proud uh this needs to stop i'm proud of you for and the truth is is just as powerful yeah
0: you're right on the mirror work being totally uncomfortable because i've done it and it's re- it's really fucking uncomfortable but yeah, you're your, right your head is
1: Trying right. to keep you safe all the whole time.
0: But that that's the whole point. If you want to heal, you have to try new things and get uncomfortable. And yeah. so that you're right. Mirror work
1: is so powerful. So powerful. I think I think journaling is um, it's like it's like if there's really cold water. You never been to the pool and it's extremely cold and you just like inch yourself in, like you put your feet in, it's really cold, and then like 10 minutes later you're like. Up your waist, and then ten minutes later, you're you got you finally in. Mirror work is just jumping in. Yeah, it's it works. It's it, it takes some guts, <laughs> right? But it definitely you'll adjust faster. You'll get the results faster.
0: Or same so. thing with a band aid, right? You don't slowly pull; just yank. Yeah. Get it over because, with.
1: Because journaling is like okay, I'm gonna open that door. I'm gonna creak it open and slowly start to look into this, and then start to think a little bit differently. Which, does it work for some people? Yeah. And I still journal sometimes, occasionally. But most of the time when I need to brain dump, it's mirror work. And then I'll journal after with, like, my the insights that I've got. It's oh. not just more trying to understand. Because that's part of why a lot of us are dealing with anxiety, depression, um, or we're just beating ourselves up is because we're stuck in our heads. We're not moving, using our voice, right? So that's why... Um, a good thing to do is either dancing or working out or li- quite literally just moving your body. If you are down, it's the last thing you're going to want to do because you you're going to want to stay comfortable. But whether it's breath work, using your voice and singing, whether it's moving your body, I call it kneading, K-N-E-A-D, like you're kneading dough. Knead mm-hmm. out your psyche so that you can emote yourself and process whatever was keeping you in your head. And then once you're out of your head, you'll, you'll know the answer from that stage.
0: Powerful. Okay, so if there was one key takeaway from this conversation, what is it?
1: Love always and in all ways. So love always, meaning not just when it's easy. In all ways, meaning maybe to you too. And not just to other people all the fucking time. Because love is a lot like breathing. There's the inhale and the exhale. There's the giving and the receiving. And a lot of times we... Just lull you know, the saying, "Love is a verb." It's yeah, it's a verb. It's also being receptive. You got to be receptive to love. So, allowing yourself to receive compliments, allowing yourself to be grateful, allowing yourself to take a leap of faith with somebody and start a relationship. Yeah. You know, that's all love. And if we're breathing so shallow because we're so scared. Yeah, of course, you're going to have anxiety in terms of like your emotional tank of love, right? And most of the time, if you're think about this, when you're anxious, people say, take a deep breath. You first inhale a lot, and then you exhale. So in the same way with your love life, you've got to massively receive. Now that could be from other people, or you could give it to yourself and receive a lot within yourself. Then you'll be able to give to so much more people, and your cup is full and out of the overflow. I can then give.
0: And then all the issues of codependency and all that other stuff fall away.
1: Exactly. Yes. Once you start showing up for yourself and, and honoring, respecting yourself at a deeper level, it, it, all that goes away. And I just know that from experience. Yeah.
0: Kevin, you're doing great work. And I love this stuff. Um, I've asked you these questions before, but I think it's been like seriously a year plus. So I want to revisit a few rapid fire questions to see where you're at. The first, yeah, the first one being what is a quote or motto you now live by?
1: Quote, I live by. I mean, my tagline is love always and in all ways. So there's that one. But I would say more recently, like in this season of my life. It's something, I mean, I haven't like, you know, thought about it, but it's something along the lines of what does Kevin need right now? She's massively showing up for myself.
0: That's important.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. What book are you currently reading or highly recommend?
1: Um, so I'm reading two, let me go get the first one. I have another one that's, you know, I'm reading it on, uh, Kindle and it's actually the hard copies on the way, but this one it's called emotional genius. This it's a huge book. Um, but it's basically a PhD in emotional intelligence. It's psychology and spirituality kind of combined on, um, transmuting your emotions, especially the negative ones and recognizing what they're there for and how they're there to serve you. Um, It's absolutely insane and incredible. There's like, it's definitely a high vocabulary in here. So, you know, it's not like a skim read. um, But if you really want to dive deep into learning more about why you're sad, why you're angry, and what those emotions are there for and how they can help you and how you can actually use them in a healthy way and not let it use you, this book, 100%. It's awesome. All right, uh, the 100%. other one that I'm reading is, uh, what's the name of the book? Um, I literally just started it. The Body Keeps Score. And it talks about uh, healing trauma through your body and how um, where your body actually holds trauma. So let's say that you have uh, pain in your lower back. And it's not like you're walking around, you're doing your normal day, and it's not painful. But when somebody presses on your lower back, it's extremely painful. You recognize that it was painful because somebody pressed on your back, but your brain always knows that it's painful, even though it just suppresses it. And so in the same way, that could be in our organs, that could be uh, in joints, in our body, and a lot of that stuff is caused from trauma. And is, so it's healing through your physical body um, as you heal trauma, and that's one, something that I'm diving into right now.
0: I love that stuff. And I've actually worked with an energy healer all about that, learning that, you know, when I have the pains in my jaw or the knee or the foot, like there is a reason that is a trigger. It's like a check engine light. Okay. What is the emotion? What's the trauma behind? And you have to, well, as you said earlier, you have to feel it to heal it. Right. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: I've been asked this question a lot recently and I'm giving the same answer right now. It's that I wouldn't tell him anything. If I had the option to tell my younger self something, I wouldn't say anything because he's exactly where he needs to be. And I can see the dots connected and I can be like, wow, he's right on his path. I wouldn't want to change that. I wouldn't do it again, (laughs) but I wouldn't want to change my life or where I'm at. I really don't have any regrets, but if I had, you know, something to tell other people, um younger people or people that are that aren't as far, far along with self love. Um I would say I mean what we talked about in, in here really like use your body. If you're ever stuck in your head, you're starting to worry, need it out. Get it out of your system. Whether that's going to the gym and like or boxing or whether that's like going out to the beach and getting in the water, whether that's using your voice and starting to sing with it's dancing, use your body and be in the experience of life. It's not about, you can't think yourself and strategize yourself into feeling and into love. Love is something that is felt. It's not a strategy. Yeah. And that, that's the biggest thing.
0: Great note to end on Kevin. Thank you again for joining us and sharing your story.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been fun.
0: Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. To connect with me further, you can find me on Facebook, Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as Heather.Hakes. And I even have a YouTube channel, Guess What? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.